Welcome back to Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields II, and I'm joined by our Eagles insider, John McMullen, who does amazing work for jacobsports.com and also does amazing work for sportsillustrator.com. And if you guys haven't already known, you probably already do because John's a superstar in these streets. Check him out on birds365.com. Or, matter of fact, it's not even a website, really. It's just a YouTube, it's just a show. But you guys are so amazing at what you do. You enjoy it. You guys provide so much intel. I'm surprised you guys haven't really developed birds365.com. But look, that's a that's another task for another day, John. We already know you got a million Yeah, jobs. we need merch, so, too. We got to get right. merch, John. <laughs> right. you, need, merch. you need merch. You need a website. Yeah. Uh, you, you need bumper stickers. You need all of that. So um, before we get too deep into the content, you guys, you know what to do. Smash that like button. Uh, you guys also know, make sure you subscribe to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel as well. That goes a long way. It helps the content grow and it helps the content find newcomers, new Eagles fans who haven't been able to find the content on YouTube and anywhere else you find your digital content. Also, the audio of this podcast is also available on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so on and so forth. So if you like to listen instead of view, you can check it out on that as well. Now, John, today was a rather interesting day for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Indianapolis Colts. Apparently, uh, there was a, a skirmish, uh, to say the least. So I have two yeah. questions for you before you say anything. One, did they bring out the chairs? And two, <laughs> walk, walk us through what happened today and how we got to this point, my man. No, it was pretty crazy, though. You know, almost uh, no benches uh, in uh, football, so you don't call it a bench-clearing brawl, but it was a sideline-clearing brawl where everybody from both teams sort of, even Britton Covey's got a bad hamstring, didn't have a helmet. He was like, oh, I don't have a helmet. I better get the hell out of here. Um, yeah, man, it was uh, Zaire Franklin, who was very chippy, you know, coming back to Philadelphia, he's a Philadelphia kid, went to LaSalle uh, High School. So, um, and, and, and you know, grew up and, um, you know, he's a great story. Grew up in, in poverty near uh, in, in, in the Kensington area. And so, um, you know, he's made it out. He's a really good player. If you remember the game last year, um, he he was he was a problem for the Eagles. The defense, the Indianapolis defense, was a problem uh, for the Eagles. That was the game that the Eagles were pretty much losing the entire way. And then Jalen Hurts put his uh, 
put the team on his back and sort of made some plays in the running game late to, to pull the victory out. But uh, he's a really good player and he was really chippy today. And he was taking some liberties with uh, Kenny Gainwell and Jason Kelsey did not like it and took about a 30, 40 yet 40 yard head start. Um, and, uh, you know, flattened uh, Zaire Franklin. Um, and and the sidelines emptied, and all of a sudden, not really any punches thrown. So it was mainly shoving and all that kind of stuff. So that part's good. But Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni got together and uh, cut off practice about 15 minutes early. Um, okay. It was it was entertaining though, <laughs> and Jason apologized afterwards as he typically does. He's he's accountable. I don't think he was scheduled to speak, um, but he came out and spoke anyway about it. And uh, uh, yeah, he was upset that one of his teammates was getting sort of bullied, and try you know he became the bully so to speak. I mean, that's kind of what happens when you got to bring Fat Batman out of retirement. You know what I mean? It's it's the kind of thing that happens in Philadelphia. Like this is this is such a fascinating situation to me, at least because you know this isn't the first time the Eagles have obviously you know gotten into some uh you know some uh, nitty gritty fisticuffs, uh, so to speak. Um, I believe they got they kind of got into it with the Browns a little bit. Things got chippy on uh day two, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. Um. It seems like these guys are tired of practicing, right? I think these, I, I think these guys yeah. are absolutely ready yeah. for the season. <clears throat> well, I think we all are, uh, except you know August twenty second. So you know we're a week away from cuts. Uh, that's first step, but we got to get past this preseason game on Thursday. I don't think anybody wants to play that game, but uh, they got to do it. Uh, it'll be mainly third teamers who got no reps today. Um, so it'll be a big Tanner McKee game, obviously in book game. Um, and uh, it's big for those guys. I don't want to downplay it for them because right. there's people trying to make uh, the back end of the roster or, or getting noticed somewhere else. Uh, but you're not going to see any, any of the key players, certainly. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to get to September 10th, but got a few more steps before we get there. But this was the last fully open practice of the year. Um, everything sort of shifts to regular season mode where we only get to see the opening 20 minutes or so of practice. So the Eagles can really get to work, um, you know, I, I tried to get Nick Sirianni to, to today to talk about the safety position. He shut that down pretty quick. John, what, what, what more? What more could you have expected, honestly? Yeah, well, I mean, it it from a standpoint of look with Cam Jurgens, and that's where I kind of led into because we've all been joking about Cam Jurgens, and nobody else is as um, taking a first team rep. Um, other than when they're resting Jason Kelsey for a few reps and, and Cam moves over the center. Every time Kelsey has been the, in the game or in practice, uh, Cam has been the right guard. 
So, you know, I asked him after the game against Cleveland, I said, why the hesitation? And he said, basically, because I don't have to name a starting right guard right now. So he got uh, Bo Wolf today asked him, are you ready to say that Cam Jurgens is your right guard? And he said, nope. But then he said, Cam is our right guard. I mean, geez, he's been in there every snap. So now I'm going to start yelling at you guys. So this is what I'm yelling at Jody. Jody's like, he won't say it. I'm saying, he's the starter. He wink, winked at me. But there are people, I'm looking at you, Jody, that don't. <laughs> um, and, and so then Mike Sielski's followed up, said, what are you waiting for? And he said, I don't need to make a decision again. I don't that, have sound, to- that, that sounds like Mike Sielski. That sounds just yeah. like him. <laughs> So then I jumped in and said, speaking of decisions, uh, making decisions, safety, it's late August, opposite Reed Blankenship. It's still rotating. Uh, Sean Desai uh, said that was the plan. Shouldn't you be whittling things down by this point? And he said, shouldn't we be? And then he looked at Bob Lang, who's the Eagles PR guy, and said, how much time do we have until – um, the first game and Bob said 22 days and Nick said, yeah. So um, that was the whole sort of back and forth. You guys uh, were a little bullish today, huh? Well, here's the thing. Cam t- with Cam, it's obvious. He's the starting right guard. I've been right. saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks with, with safety again, practice 13. This was practice 15. All of a sudden practice 13 Justin Evans shows up and he's running with the first team for the vast majority of the practice. Um, That indicates that that's a clear indication that Terrell Edmonds has not seized the job. Sidney Brown has not seized the job. Kayvon Wallace has not seized the job. And by the way, that's not good that you're still trying new things in late August, which was what I was trying to get to. And obviously Nick's going to frame it in a positive way, but that's not good. There's no way you can say, oh, we got great competition between four players, Kayvon Wallace being the fourth. Come on. That's not how this works. You, you, you play, and, and Cam's a perfect example. All right, you don't want to say Cam's a starter. That's your Nick's obsessed with competitive advantage, and it's he's joking anyway on top of it. Right. But we all know he's a starter. None of us know who the starter is at safety. And that's because the part that's a little shaky. It's, it's uncertain. And right. uncertainty on August 22nd, no matter what Nick Sirianni wants to say, is not good. It's not good. Does that lend more to the fact that Howie, uh, even himself, is still debating if he needs to make a, a power move at that position? Remember, um, like you know, like we always talk about, C.J. Garner Johnson wasn't brought in until August 30th. So, yeah, well, you know, the the ironic thing is, I'm not concerned about the depth. I think they got a bunch of good safeties who, you know, I'm I'm fine. So, so your issue is not really the talent per se. It's the fact that they haven't been able to come to, you know, you know, come to terms with their own decision. 
No, not necessarily that. I mean, I think they got a bunch of good backup safeties. Okay. I don't think I don't know if they have any good starting safeties. Well, I'm comfortable with Reed, but you know that's personal. Can you be if you're not an Eagles fan? Can you be comfortable with Reed Blankenship? Probably not. I mean, he's not proven anything. Same thing with Nicobe Dean. I just from what I'm seeing and what I'm watching in practice from a personal level, I think he's going to be fine, uh, but he still needs to prove it. Um, the other guys, I think they're really good backup safeties. So I think that in the weird way, I think they have more depth at safety this year. In fact, I know they do than they had last year, but I don't know if they have starting safeties. Don't most teams in the NFL have that one position or position group where there's a new face or two that isn't necessarily proven per se, but they have to be given the opportunity? Like Reed Blankenship, he, I mean, he played yeah, a little sure. bit last year, but he's still a relatively unproven player in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, Sidney Brown is unproven. Uh, Edmonds uh, has a few, uh, a handful of years under his belt. Evans, uh, same thing. So, you know, don't most teams deal with that to a certain extent? Oh, most teams have bigger issues, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the Eagles are one of the best teams in football. They have less problems than most people, but for this team, it's a problem. And it's fair to point out it's a problem. Because you're comparing um, them to themselves. You're not comparing them to anyone else. You're comparing yeah. them to 2022 versus now, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Well, everything in the NFL is contextual. That's why I always talk about the defensive uh, criticism from last year. Okay, you're not watching the rest of the league. The people that come on in the comments or the and say the Eagles' defense stunk, you're not watching the rest of the league because the rest of the league is worse, except mm. maybe San Francisco. Um, that's the modern NFL. It's not like you know, you know, the the '85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens. You right. can't. Play, you're not allowed to play. They legislated that out of the game. It's an offensive game now. So, seventy sacks, second defense, first and passing defense. Compare that to the rest of the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you bring up a, def a, a definite good point. You know, stand on the safety position a little longer. I know we touched on it yesterday, but you know, this guy Sidney Brown. You know, even today, he continues to impose his will on the opponent even whatever opportunity he is given no matter if he's running with the ones twos threes whatever the situation it just seems like you can't help but to go a day without you, you can't you can't go a day without mentioning Sidney brown's name if it's a big hit um if it's him just being you know really active so on and so forth i mean don't the eagles kind of owe it to them i mean i know he's i know he's a raw player and he still has a lot to learn and he's a rookie and they're going to be start, and they're, they're going to they're going to have a lot of rookies on his defense, a lot of young guys on his defense already. But don't the Philadelphia Eagles kind of owe it to themselves to kind of get that young man involved early and often, especially with the schedule laid out the way it is? No, I I don't think they owe it to themselves. I mean, that's what I've advocated, but it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily right. Um, that's what I would do personally. But they see him behind the scenes. They they know where he is. Like today, he had a big hit, and everybody was like, "Wow, that's a big hit." Well, you know, in a game, he's probably getting called for 15 yards, and I I saw, 
you know, because they had officials uh, at practice today and they were throwing a lot of flags and they didn't throw a flag on that particular play. So you can say, well, you know, it wasn't a flag, but I did see the official go up to him afterwards and probably said, I should have thrown that flag. I didn't throw that flag and was having a big conversation with him. Um, you know, mistakes like that could be very bad in key situations. So, okay. you know, you could see what the Eagles are hesitant over. It's You mentioned he's a raw player. That's correct. He's a very raw player. Um, and the whole Eagles defense is built on the philosophy of limiting explosive plays. Explosive plays. Yeah. Explosive plays by their definition are, you know, 15 yard passing plays, I think, and 10 yard rushing plays, but. And a penalty would, and a penalty would give them 15 yards instantly. So, I mean, you you bring up a good point. It's a good point. Exactly. So pass interference, you know, that's a big, that's an explosive play. Um, doesn't matter how it happens, be a penalty mm-hmm. or conventional. Um, so if he's given up explosive plays, that's an issue for the Eagles, whereas Terrell Edmonds is more of a steady, consistent presence. So somebody just asked me, who do I think is going to be the starter week one? I still would bet on Terrell Edmonds because he's – He's the the most competent. You know, Justin Evans is probably the best coverage player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sydney's certainly the most explosive, the most athletic, the most range. Um, but I don't think he's necessarily ready for what they want. And I think Kayvon's kind of fallen off and it's going to be more of that special teams guy, especially without – Sean Bradley and Zach McPherson now. Um, I think his import to the special teams is even greater. Really quickly, um, last thing on the safeties, and then I want to kind of jump over to the linebackers. You know, Sidney Brown, well, let, let me let me approach it like this. You know, you've mentioned that even though you would probably start Sidney Brown in week one, the Eagles obviously see it a little bit differently. And, you know, one of your reasons, and correct me if I'm wrong, one of your reasons has been the fact that you have the schedule laid out the way it is. You already kind of want him to be your future anyway, and you don't really have anything stable at that, at that safety position right now in terms of guys that you want to just give the keys to, I mean, besides the Blankenship right now. Um, outside of the schedule, outside of knowing that it's going to be a little lighter on the early side of that schedule and it kind of leaves more room for mistakes, what has Sidney Brown show you, shown you specifically uh, to make you believe that the Eagles should maybe take a chance on him? And again, I understand that they see him differently, but I want to know what have you seen from him on the field that you're willing to maybe take that risk? Oh, his 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 burst, his range, his athleticism. It's just better than everybody, every other safety they have. Um, he can cover more ground than their other safeties. Um He's just more gifted. So it's sort of like, you know, the Colts we're in today. Sort of like it's a lower profile position, but it's like, why are the Colts starting Anthony Richardson over Gardner Minshew? Clearly Gardner knows more about the offense. You know, it's Shane Steichen's offense. He was here with him. 
he clearly has more experience, but he's not nearly as gifted. Um, and they're, you know, throwing him into the deep end of the pool. Same philosophy uh, with Sidney Brown. Is he as, as, as savvy as Terrell Edmonds? <laughs> no. Um, but he's more gifted and he's got more range and he's got the ability to do things physically that uh, Terrell doesn't have right now or um, Kayvon Wallace or um, Justin Evans. So, uh, and they ultimately want to get there. So that's the goal. Um, the goal is long-term blanket chip and Brown. So, you know, and that, and by the way, that might be their plan. You know, mm. when we're out of there, like I joke, now Nick Sirianni can get to work because we can't see what he's doing. Um, uh, maybe that is their plan saying, all right, you know, reporters are out. You know, we get to see individual work basically uh, from this point forward. We don't get to see team drills. He might have Sidney Brown taking every single first team rep between now and New England, and he might be out there week one. But we don't have a good feeling of what's going on at safety. We have a good feeling everywhere else. Every other position, 21 out of 22. There's a little bit of uncertainty at at running back. Um, but you'll notice as you read everything about today's practice, um, you know, in these high situations, you know, Zaire Franklin, first team rep, who's he trying to bully? Kenny Gainwell, back-to-back plays. Who's on the field? Kenny Gainwell. High leverage situations, I keep saying, who's on the field? Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell. Um, so everybody could talk about DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny all they want. They keep hearing Kenny Gainwell because he's out there. Um, so we, we there's some uncertainty of running back. It's not as defined as because it's a rotational position in general. Other guys are going to play. And from 20 to 20, you might see more Swift or, or Penny. But – if it's backed up, it's going to be Gainwell. If it's red zone, it's going to be Gainwell. If it's hurry up, it's going to be Gainwell. Um, so we 21 of 22 positions, we know what's going on. 22nd, we don't know. I mean, you said it best. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. And that's pretty much what it's been, especially at the running back position. Um, really quickly, Cunningham, Zach Cunningham, uh, you know, he I, we talked about it yesterday. He's emerging as uh, that that starting linebacker uh, with, with N'Kobe Dean. Um, I know we talked about uh, what it meant for uh, Zach Cunningham and what it meant for the defense in general. But I want to talk a little bit more about what it could mean for N'Kobe Dean in terms of his development. Um, you know, we talked about uh, it would have been probably better for N'Kobe Dean's development Overall, if he was kind of eased into that starting linebacker role playing next to a TJ Edwards as the Mike and him playing on a week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Him playing as the off-wide linebacker, but obviously Edwards went over to Chicago, um, got paid over there. You bring in Zach Cunningham. He's a guy who's a vested veteran who's, who's been in the league for seven, eight years or so, um, has a lot of starting reps, is a, is, is a good player, is a real NFL player. Um, you pair him next to N'Kobe Dean. I'm curious to know what your thoughts on what that can do for N'Kobe Dean's development. And um, what, does that, what does that do overall for his ability to uh, grow uh, with, you know, within this role as the Mike linebacker? Yeah, I think it helps because Zach is, has done it at a high level. Um, and I just talked about, about that veteran savvy with uh, Terrell Edmonds a little bit. Same thing with Zach Cunningham, a linebacker. He was a very good player in Houston um, for people that don't know. Um, and he can play Mike linebacker. And, you know, I even thought about that myself. You know, what about letting him have the mic? responsibilities and let Nicobe play weak side. They don't seem to want to go down that route yet. Maybe they do at some point, but he just got here. Is that kind of, right. so um, they're both, it, they both can handle both positions. So it can be even interchangeable if they want to go that direction, but there's been no evidence that they want to take the green dot away from Nicobe Dean. Um, partially because, when they go to the big nickel and use three safeties, they want Nicobe on the field. Um, mm. So that kind of takes care of that. Um, but it, yeah, I think Zach, Zach had some trouble in pass coverage today, but you know, the Colts did some, they were able to get uh, Josh downs and, and who's, you know, I'm looking at him right now. He's, He's he's five foot nine, one hundred and seventy one pounds, mm. and they were able to get Josh Downs matched up with Zach Cunningham in zone coverage. Well, that's a scheme problem. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's not a linebacker in football that's going to keep up with a receiver five nine, one seventy. Yeah. yeah, so you know that to me was a scheme issue, um, and they just caught got caught in a bad coverage. Um, but he's been good since he got here, Zach Cunningham. I don't know how much he's got left, but he's only been here for a couple of weeks and he's already clearly better than every linebacker but the Kobe. So it's, you know, the Eagles got better, but it's still a position they don't value. So I always talk about Chicago. Yeah, we all make fun of Chicago. Um, and that's not the way you build football teams spending a hundred million dollars on off ball linebackers, but they have good off ball linebackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, there's, there's, there's the bears and the Eagles, right? They're and both then, two different sides of the spectrum, right? Yeah. There's, there's gotta be a middle ground there. There's gotta be a better middle ground where I think the Eagles can get to. Okay. Really quickly then. Can you think of a team that comes to mind that does play that middle ground um, much better than the Eagles and the Bears do when it comes to investing in a linebacker, but just having that balance of investment and solid talent. 
Well, the Eagles did it last year. We just saw it last year. I mean, that's true. That's true. You know, one guy they so why go away from that then? If 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 well, if, if, because they felt that TJ was reached a a point where it's too expensive, and then it becomes, um, you know, it becomes uh, more difficult for them. Well, do you uh, think? Do you think TJ became too expensive? No, I in fact. Uh, Brad Spielberger, uh, my buddy from um, Over the Cap and Pro Football Focus, he was at practice today. And, you know, he does a great job of, of in one free agency time. He's probably the best in the business of projecting contracts. Um, he gets a lot of them right. Um, he's got a legal background. You know, he worked for... Uh, NFL front offices. He's got a good understanding of, of of contracts and how they go in the NFL. And his projection for Edwards was nine. I, it was nine or ten million. And I said it was three years, nine or ten million um, average annual value. And I said, well, the Eagles are going to lose him. You know, I you know I wasn't thinking they were going to pay that. Ended up being three years, six and a half million. Right. And I said, eh, well, then, you know, you should talk about keeping them. Now, as I always say, TJ is from Chicago, suburbs of Chicago. Maybe he just wanted to go back to Chicago. I haven't talked to him since he left. So, uh, see, that, that's, that's such a fascinating notion because. Yeah, like if, if that's me, right? You know, I'm from Philly. If I got a chance to play for the Eagles, okay, cool. But if the Eagles suck, it's like it. Am, am I so hell bent on going home to play for a team that's not good at all, rather than staying with a team that's actually still on up and up, has the quarterback, has the wide receivers, you know, has the offense pretty much sorted out? I'm familiar with the um, you know, with the with the, with the coaching to a certain extent. I mean. It like was was that really such a huge factor, like to be able to sacrifice winning just to go home? Everybody's different. Everybody's yeah, got different yeah. reasons. It might be family reasons. It might be it, That's true. it might be wife reasons. It might be kid reasons. It might, John, you know. John, don't pay me any money. I'm just a, I'm just a little bent yeah. out of shape over TJ Edwards not being here. I'm just a little um, bent out of shape. Well, I'm a big TJ guy. Everybody <laughs> everybody who listens to Burrs or me here knows that. I I mean TJ. Yeah, I mean, he he developed into a heck of a player. I mean. Yeah. And I, I thought the Eagles would take pride in that. I really did. And that's what I was thinking, right? I mean, the Eagles already don't get enough credit in the grand scheme of things for developing guys they find either in the draft or and you know or that are undrafted. You found this guy undrafted, a diamond in the rough. You developed him. You he, he turned him into a stable, a stable piece on your defense. The, yeah. In my opinion, the spearhead of your defense, and then all of a sudden you let him go for six and a half million. And I don't want to live in the past, but. It, it, it needs to be discussed because who's to say that Kobe Dean grows to become too expensive? Will, like they move Well, up in, in theory, he will. I, I've said to Jody, because Jody's a big Nicobe fan, has been since college, um, was incredulous that he lasted to the third round. Um, I, I, you know, I said, enjoy him. If he turns into a good player, enjoy him while you can. Because if he, he if he turns into a good player over the next three years, 
he's going to price himself out of the Eagles. The Eagles aren't paying linebackers anytime soon. So enjoy him while he's here if he does turn into a good player. Yeah, that's all you really can do because Eagles fans are ready to jump off a bridge for him. Uh, let me let me uh, go this route, John. Earlier we talked about uh, roster cuts. You know, it's approaching and the Eagles uh, still are up in the air, you know, at certain position groups. I'm curious to know. I know you and uh, you, you, you and your fellow uh, colleagues. You guys always do the um, the 53 the 53 man roster predictions. Um, I'm rooting for you this year. By the way, uh, have you began to formulate your 53 man roster prediction? And if so, are there any players who are currently on the roster bubble? Any players that maybe who are kind of oh, borderline yeah. for you? Oh yeah, there's always. Um... And it, 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 there's a little more strategy um, these days since they've changed the rules, both practice squad uh, wise and and um, allowing veterans on the practice squad. Not only extending it to 16, it used to be 10, now it's 16. But you should only be able to put you know rookies or first year players uh, on the practice squad. Now you can put up to four veterans on the practice squad. So there's a lot more strategy um, uh, when you talk about vested guys specifically. Like Rick Lobato's going to be on this team. He's the only long snapper the Eagles have. He's one of the best long snappers in the NFL. Um, But he's a vested veteran. So what does that mean? That means he doesn't have to go through waivers. So... If the Eagles think they might lose Moro Ajomo, for um, argument's sake, a, a, a young rookie player, they have so many defensive linemen. They want Moro Ajomo. You know, maybe you'd prefer a year on the practice squad. He's not going to play unless there's massive injuries. Right. Um, but if you're not comfortable, and the Eagles did this with Jordan Mailata. So that's good. I mean, they sat Jordan Mailata on the back end of their roster for three years, basically. Two and a half, two plus years. Those first two, there was no way he was going to play. But they were concerned that somebody would see the size and the athleticism and take a shot. And they didn't want to risk putting them through waivers. Well, a guy like Rick, who's been around forever now, uh, this is his... I'm looking at his uh, seventh, eighth year, somewhere in that range. He doesn't have to go through waivers. So you could say to Rick Lovato, and they've done this in the past, hey, Rick, we need that roster spot. Wink, wink. We're going to release you. Um, he's never going anywhere. He's not leaving the building. He's, a, you know, he's coming back 24 hours later. Um when you do some other roster manipulation, because the second part is if you place somebody on injured reserve before the the initial 53, they're done for the season. Right. But if you keep them on the roster and then cut to 53, then you can put them on injured reserve and they'll only have to miss four games. They could miss you know, six, seven, eight, whatever. But the limit is they have to miss four and that's it. So you have all this manipulation you do. And some of those veteran guys 
who don't have to get through waivers, you can make those back sort of door deals and say, we need the spot. We're bringing you back tomorrow. If you have a good relationship with the player, it's easy. Right. Um, and so that's what makes it a little bit more difficult. But that strategy of it is, to me, makes it more exciting. It's more interesting. Because before these rule changes, you maybe you've had like 50 guys locked in and you maybe had questions on the final three. Now it's a little bit more difficult. So what you're saying is you may have Bull Wolf on the ropes this year. Oh, I have Bull Wolf on the ropes every year. Uh, <laughs> no. It's always it's always Jeff Stoutland figuring out. Jeff Stoutland screwed me last year uh, by keeping Josh Sills over Jack Anderson. But you uh. see, you never know. Uh, Jeff loved Josh Sills, and he he pounded the table. And there's certain guys too, like I want to say, like if Jeff pounds the table, he's going to get what he wants. If another assistant coach, maybe that just got here, says, "Hey, right. they're going to go," eh, you know what? Sit down. I got you. I got Sit you. Yeah. So, all right. I guess uh, let me let me try let me try to peel the peel the layers back a little bit more. Uh, one, do you have your fifty-three man roster prediction? Prelim- do you have a preliminary 53 man roster right now? And is there any position group that confuses you the most in terms of where you're struggling to kind of submit your 53 man roster? Um, no, I mean, yeah, I have the bare bones. I probably have 47, 48 guys locked in. Um, Zach McPherson complicated things. Um, hmm. Um, because now you have all these young corners um, and a lot of people say, yeah, you should keep Eli Ricks. How are you getting through Eli Ricks through waivers? Uh, pretty easily. <laughs> so um, I wouldn't worry about that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, who's going to, who's going to make the team on the back end? How many corners? Are, I had him keeping six corners. Now it might be down to five. Uh, because you can get the other guys through to the practice squad. How many linebackers are you going to keep? Um, they're going to go heavy on defensive front players because they have so many good ones. And the way you do that, I just talked about best of veterans, Nicholas Morrow. You can cut Nicholas Morrow. He doesn't have to go through waivers and say, hey, we're going to bring him right back. Um, very similar uh, Dennis Kelly. Um, Josh Andrews, if you want to keep them around, you'll probably get them on the practice squad. Um, so that's the kind of stuff I'm still mulling through, but we're talking about at the most five players on the back end of the roster. Okay. So with this preseason game coming up against the Colts and we're going to close it out here, who in your opinion, and I know they're only going to play like third string guys for the most part, guys who probably aren't, aren't even going to make this roster so on and so forth. But who in this game, and again, you mentioned how those those last few spots, those last four or five spots, that, that's where you're kind of struggling with. That's, you know, those are the, the fringe guys, right? Who, in your opinion, has a chance to completely shift their fortunes with this Colts matchup? Um, completely shift their fortunes? 
Probably no, maybe, maybe maybe not say completely. That's a little bit um extreme. Yeah, that's, Let me just so, say, yeah, right. That yeah, that's like a one eighty, right? Um, who has a chance to uh, help their case? Let's put it that way. Who has who has a chance to to help their case? Um, especially if they're a fringe guy. And again, they're not going to be playing anybody really important in that game. So who uh, who playing in that game? Or who as far as your anticipation for the guys that are going to play in that game. Well, the most interesting yeah. guy on the whole roster to me right now is Justin Evans. Ah, okay, okay, okay. See, I thought you were going to go for a guy like like a Makai Garner or something. Um, no, I mean, Makai's, Makai's probably a practice squad guy. Um, but in Justin Evans' case, like, uh, it's going to be interesting to me how much he plays. The less he plays, the better. Um, the more he plays, the worse. Because other Very similar to Kayvon Wallace last week. That was a concern. Kayvon played a lot. And that told you, all right, he's out. He's oh, out okay, for okay, the okay. starting spot. Um, if Justin Evans, because he's been getting a ton of reps with the first and the second team over the past three days, um, if he turns into a deference player, is really good. In other words, if he's not playing, it's really good for him. Um, if he plays 40 reps, it's probably not good. Um, that means he's he's going to be a backup player. Um, so, to me, he's the most interesting uh, player. I, I would say the lower-rung guys that you're talking about, Mario Goodrich is probably the most interesting one. Because mm. he's got an opportunity, uh, because of Zach's injury, to take that sort of backup slot role um, that was earmarked for Zach McPherson. Um, and if he plays well, I think he could lock that down. And then fifth receiver, Britton Covey's, he's been he's been out for a while um, with this hamstring injury. Oh, yeah, really quickly, um, speaking of hamstrings and wide receivers being out, Quest has been out for a little bit. I mean, he, well, he's been limited. And um, – you know, this well, he receiver... just came back. He just came back today, but okay. he was limited. He was okay. limited. Is is yeah. it is it true that uh, Olamide is starting to starting to kind of push him a little bit? Well, he hasn't been out there. I mean, he wasn't when he was out there. Um, I it was as, I I don't think he's pushing him now. Um. We'll see. I mean, to me, Alamade is going to be on the team. Right. Um, now, he's the backup punt returner, um, as well as Greg Ward. But, you know, Greg's been injured now, and, and they can get Greg on the practice squad. Um, if, if, if they feel comfortable with Alamade Zacchaeus, um returning punts that could also put Britain Covey in peril, which I didn't expect to see. But the problem is Britain's been out for a while and, you know, best ability is availability starts to open up. Now the problem is the back end of this roster, these receivers are not making strong cases for themselves. So who's going to be that fifth receiver? If, you know, it's to me, it's by the way, what I'm talking about, it's still, to me, 85, 90% that Cubby's going to be here because nobody else has made a case. Devin Allen's kind of showed up a little bit. Over yeah, he the had a nice little play today, a nice little move on yeah. a guy today. 
But, you know, he's been hurt. Nagata's, you know, really stepped back. Hazelwood hasn't done much. Deion Kane, since he got hurt, hasn't done much. Unfortunately. Um, they tried out a, a wide receiver today, Freddie Swain, who was a six-round pick of uh, Seattle a couple years ago. So they're still looking for guys to maybe show something. Um, and I don't, you know, it's probably not great at the wide receiver position down roster. So it's probably going to be Covey and, that's it. So, John, what do you have coming up uh, on jacobsports.com? What do you have coming up on si.com? Any uh, projects, any articles that, uh, that you're working on that you're um, lo- looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm getting sick of writing about the safeties, but it's the <laughs> biggest story because it's the most uncertainty. Um, you know, I did see um, – um, you know, Dave Spadaro mentioned something about Aaron Cipas. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, that that the Eagles will be looking for another punter now. If he goes out and performs poorly, though, that could change overnight. So, you know, as unsexy as it is, maybe Mary, maybe Aaron Cipas, he's got to show up in, in that game and punt well. Uh, you know. If it's a, a really bad game, then I'll start saying perhaps, you know, they could look outside the organization. But uh, I think as long as he does well, he's going to be fine. Okay. So, listen, guys, that's pretty much going to do it for us. Uh, make sure you guys smash that like button. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Also, if you guys want more content from John McMullen, Check them out on SI.com and also check them out on jkipsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. He is the Eagles insider for the Jacob Sports Network. Uh, also, again, you guys, you know, we appreciate you guys liking it on the content, especially if you guys are watching this after the fact, watching this on your own time. We really appreciate you guys always doubling back. Make sure you guys check John McMullen out and Jody Mac on Birds 365 at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Also, check out Derek Gunn and Rob Ellis on Sports Take at 12 p.m. Eastern time and check out Dan Cilio on the National Football Show at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, you guys, man, I, I, I'm looking forward to this uh, to this game uh, on Thursday. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. So make sure you guys lock in on that. Make sure you get your Prime subscriptions renewed. Um, I know some of you guys like to cancel it once your free trial ends. Make sure you guys <laughs> pay that bill and get on top of that. You guys don't want to miss some exciting preseason third string football <laughs> you guys don't want to miss that uh i'm your guy tone this is the second he's john mcmullen you guys were locked in on football 24 7 on jacob sports we're out of here
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.